Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach Method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team. So be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. Today it is Laura. I'm here, I'm alone. And I'm going to be talking about the top 10 ways nurse coaches sabotage themselves. So to prepare for this session today, I lit a little bit of an incense. I did a guided meditation laying on the floor in my office and just really wanted to go back to the beginning of this journey for me to really tap into a lot of the same things I'm going to talk about. So as I'm talking about the 10 ways that nurse coaches sabotage themselves. It's not from a high horse. It's from a place of deep knowing, of recognition, of many of them doing them myself, and also the beauty of being able to see them now and to possibly allow our new nurse coaches to see them as well as for what they are. And the first one I'm going to talk about today is the fear of being a beginner. You know, most nurse coaches have been nurses and have been felt like an expert for so long that they just really can't embrace being a beginner as a coach and being a beginner as an entrepreneur. And most of the time you're in your role as a nurse, as an expert part of the week, and then you're spending part of your week in the role of a beginner, not knowing what you're doing, not knowing what you're doing in business. And the way those two things conflict with one another can make it feel a lot more painful than it needs to be. So the first 10 people you coach are not going to have the same coach as the the hundredth person that you coach. And it's all good. It's all okay. I think we get so caught up with wanting to perform, with wanting to help, with wanting to make a difference, with wanting to be the best nurse coach in the entire world, our first session. And those are all kind of losing thoughts. I think the intention is beautiful. I think the intention for greatness and for mastery is the hallmark of an incredible nurse coach. But I also think that you can do that, have hold that intention and simultaneously stay in growth mindset and realize this is the first 
of thousands of sessions you're going to do, or this is the 10th of thousands of sessions that you're going to do. And if you feel like you don't like being a beginner, then you're not going to like building your business. If you can reframe it into, I am beginning this skill, I'm good, but I'm going to become great. That's that growth mindset that can really turn it around. And then you see this beginner stage as just a preliminary thing you're going to go through temporarily to arrive to that master coach that you know you were born to be. How I see the sabotage nurse coaches is that they they just don't start, to be honest. They just don't start. Um, we see this with our clients. We see this outside of in our community where people will spend months in forming their LLC and working on their niche and figuring out their website and making flyers and making business cards. All the while, they're afraid to ask anybody to actually be their client. They're afraid to invite anybody into a conversation. They're not really putting themselves out there because truth be told, they feel like they're not ready. I I think that they also look around in our nurse coach community and think everybody else here knows what they're doing. Look how confident they are. They're not like me. And that goes into my next, the second top way that nurse coach sabotage themselves is creating the thought, I don't fit in. I am different. And this can be really sneaky, right? People want to fit in. As humans, we want to fit in. We want to feel like we're a part of. And and there's lots of pathological ways that humans mess with this fact and making other people wrong and they're right. And, And in beginning a business, perhaps you're in one of our containers and you're surrounded by other nurse coaches all over the country, different backgrounds, different belief systems, different niches all of you doing something new, all of you starting from scratch. And if you feel like you don't fit in or the type of nurse coach you are is different, I'll give you some examples. Maybe the really woo-woo nurse coaches who love energy work and Reiki and maybe do some Akashic record readings or our nurse coaches that really want to help people integrate with different plant medicines and psychedelics uh, or very faith-based nurse coaches who really want to coach using the Bible and using scripture. These are all very specific niches. And I've heard that they don't fit in because of the type of coach that they are. They've decided that they don't fit in in our community. And that's a really convenient thought to find a way to sabotage yourself. Because yes, we're all different, but you're also all very similar, having this very similar experiences in feeling like a beginner in a field that is honestly in its infancy. So if you've caught yourself doing that, which I have in so many other areas of of my life, I never did it in this area of my life. I'm grateful for, I did this with my, with my spiritual beliefs, with my faith. I've done this with uh, different gyms and workouts. I've, I've done, I've used this one a lot of times to sabotage myself that I don't fit in. I'm different. I don't belong here. Therefore I can't find any value and I, I should just not do the thing. So just check in as you're listening to this. Is there any area of your life that perhaps you've had that thought and it's really just sabotaging you because wherever you were going to be that you you decided to leave or to not play full out in, you could have learned something. Third way nurse coaches tend to sabotage themselves is the fear of not being a good enough coach. And honestly, this fear... I don't know that it ever completely goes away. And and 
I also am on the fence in trying to decide whether the fear of not being a bad coach is something that I ever want to go away. You know, a lot of times when I'm preparing for my group sessions for the week, I have uh, this next week, I have four group sessions, four groups of eight humans that call me their coach. I have uh, 32 nurse coaches dreams in my palms. And that can start to feel really overwhelming, extremely heavy, and all sorts of thoughts that I can make up around that. Or I can use that fear of not being a good enough coach to just read something else this weekend or listen to a podcast or do some um, of my own personal practices to continually grow so that I can lead and serve the best of my ability. And I'm always getting better. That's the way I choose to use that fear. But as a new nurse coach, the fear of not being a good enough coach will make you do all sorts of things. And we'll get into some of those sorts of things later. But I want to share the lamp post story. And I believe this is from Steve Chandler. He said that if a man went out into the street every night and talked to a lamp post and bared his soul and shared his inner world that when he left that lamppost after an hour, he'd be a better man. As a new nurse coach, 80 to 90% of what you will do is hold non-judgmental space and listen deeply with so much curiosity, with complete presence, not in your head thinking about what you're going to ask the client next, complete presence, complete curiosity. I like to hold some unconditional love for the person in front of me too. If you can do that, just maintain that state for an hour, people will say that's the most powerful experience of their life. Clients will say that was the most powerful experience of my life. That is all you have to do when you get started. Everything else is gravy. Everything else we're going to build upon. I know uh, if you're new to the nurse coach world, you might th- that might be confusing because I thought that coaches told you what to do. If I was to go to a a diet coach, she would tell me what to eat, when to eat it, how much of it to eat, and hold me accountable. And there's hundreds of thousands of coaches that can do that. And that's not really what we do. That's not, that's not the kind of coach that, that we are, um, that our community is. What I would have benefited from with a diet coach is for someone to ask me deep questions about me, why I ate the way I ate, how I felt when I ate the foods that I, that I ate, how much shame I had been carrying about my weight or how I, how I had been eating, assessing for any lapse of information. Because guess what, guys? Information is freaking everywhere. I don't need anyone to tell me what to eat. I could have someone challenge me to find a aligned, healthy way to eat on my own and bring it back and report it to my coach. So we don't have to have all the answers we don't have to have every single technique that we learned in certification nailed and, and, and completely memorized. We need hours to, in front of humans. That's what we need. Coaching cannot be learned from books and from certs and from watching videos and reading books. It has to be learned in a container. I think we also learn from being the client in a container. So I like to think of my 32 clients that I currently have as learning not only um, uh, getting benefit from me coaching them directly, but also watching me coach their peers. Because I think we can learn through emulation and being in different containers. Fear of being a good enough coach really 
in my opinion, is complete bullshit. Because if we fear not being a good enough coach, we fear not being good enough in general. And that's really a choice, a personal choice that we have to make. Usually it's just a habit. But if you think back to your first day on the floor in nursing school, were you a good enough nurse then to work? Because your your organization thought that you were. And were you a much better nurse two years in? Of course you were. But the cool part about coaching, guys, is that and no one's going to die. So any RN listening to this who wants to be a nurse coach, who's taken cert, who hasn't started yet because you fear that you're not good enough to coach, I call bullshit. Because you went through nursing school, you got a job, you held lives in your freaking hands as a novice. This is so much easier than that. The bar is so much lower. And if you just listen deeply with curiosity and presence, there's more value that can be found there than anything else that you could do. And we hear this over and over and over again through different interviews that we've done. Okay, got a little preachy there. Um, oh, I love this one. Okay, another way that nurse coaches sabotage themselves is they share their fears with the wrong people in the beginning when they're starting their business. Guys, if you don't learn anything else from this entire podcast, I want you to listen to this. If anyone in your first six months owning a business asks you, oh, Laura, how's your business going? I'm going to give you the answer that I think that you should use for most people, unless they're an entrepreneur, unless they're safe. Say, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I'm so excited. It's going great. Be enthusiastic. You're not lying. You are busy. You've got a lot going on and you are excited. Don't share how much money you've made. Don't share your concerns that people aren't coming to you or you're not getting clients or you're worried about it working out. Um, not because the people who are asking don't care, but the people who you are asking don't understand that the way they answer that question can really, really affect you. Entrepreneurs will get it. And this goes for family as well, well-meaning family. Um, I remember somebody saying, gosh, how, how are you ever going to make as much money as with as a health coach because you made so much money as a nurse how how is it even possible who who pay for for coaching or you can't charge insurance and that probably set me back six weeks eight weeks energetically i kept doing the thing but it set me back energetically and these are all just very well-meaning people um but you want to keep it close to the vest Share it with your coach, share it in our small community, share it with other nurse coaches, share it with other entrepreneurs or family members that really know how to support you and realize that the, the first year of you doing this thing, it's, it, it's going to be a mind game and you need to keep your mind game tight and locked down. All right. This one's interesting. Another way nurse, co nurse coaches sabotage themselves is they begin working more at their day job to avoid working on their business. So this can be really interesting. When you're starting a business, um, in the back of your mind, it is because you want to make money. There's other reasons we're gonna do this. I mean, I, I don't do what I do just because I wanna make a bunch of money. I enjoy money, I love money, I, love it. I enjoy making money and creating money. 
Um, but there's a whole heck of a lot of other reasons why I love what I do. But I couldn't do what I do if money wasn't associated with it because this is my job. This is how I make a living. And so when you're starting your business, that is the goal, right? The goal is for this to become lucrative. The goal is for this for people to pay you for your time and your, your skill level and your expertise and your being. And a lot of times you don't make money the first month, two months, three months. Sometimes it takes six months to break through that first wall. Everybody's different. Nothing's wrong or right. Just because someone starts making money at six months doesn't mean they'll be caught up to everybody else around them that started making it at one month. It just really, really depends. What I see is that because they're not making money in their their nurse coaching business, their brain will have them start picking up extra shifts, not because they really, really need the money. Because honestly, if they adjusted their, their spending habits and their budget, they wouldn't need it. But as a way to avoid but also as a way to feel like they're still being productive and supporting their business. I also think that most people are unaware when they're doing this, that this is actually a a way to sabotage because we're always told earning is good. Maybe we're saving up to, to, to seed our coaching business and the brain will keep telling you that that you're doing a good thing. This is good. But what it's doing is it's actually protecting you from feeling vulnerable and unsure and putting time and energy into your business. So this is a sneaky way that nurse coaches can sabotage themselves. So I invite you to maybe check in and just see, is this you? Is this not you? No no judgment, just helpful to know. The brain works in mysterious ways. Uh, this might, I should have put this one as, as the, the final one, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list this one next. Okay, another way nurse coaches sabotage themselves is they keep changing their niches, keep changing their tech platforms, they keep changing their offers, and then they claim that they don't work. And I think part of this is thinking things are going to happen a hell of a lot faster than they happen. I mean, if you decide that you're a thyroid coach and you do six posts on Instagram and you haven't replaced your income, then obviously it's because you're not a thyroid coach, right? It has to be the niche's fault. Just watching how the brain will make it that because then instead of facing that discomfort, facing the thoughts and, and realizing that you probably had unrealistic expectations, then your brain's like, let's do, let's be a different type of coach. I feel like I, you'd make more money if you did this other thing. Niches and offers, once first created, which they can be created very quickly, if, if, if I ask a few questions, honestly, I can get someone to pick their niche and claim their offer in 30 minutes. And if you just accept that first answer, the niche and the offer that you're going to start with, your hypothesis, and you stay with it for six months or at least until you get three or four paid clients, that is going to be such a quicker way than changing it. People don't pay us because of all these details that we've created in our mind. People pay us because they believe that we can solve a problem for them. And for people to believe that we can solve a problem for them, you have to believe you can solve a problem for them. And if you're changing your niche every other week, that's not your brain being sure that you can solve that problem. And just for shits and giggles here, (laughs) how do you pick your niche? 
How do you pick the dreaded niche? Ah, the niche, the niche, whatever. It is been said, these are not my words, that you are most powerfully positioned to serve the person that you once were. So if you scan your memory back five, 10 years, and you really sit with a moment that was really difficult for you, that if you had known there was someone who could have helped you, you would have paid them. That's a great hypothesis for your first niche. This is why. Because although you haven't technically helped a bunch of people with that niche, you got went through it yourself. So you are powerfully positioned to help others do the same. Okay? Side note, that's the, the answer you want to ask or the question you want to ask yourself when you're choosing your niche. And then nurse coaches will change offers. Now let's talk about this. We recommend that brand new nurses out of certification start with a, I, I'm really leaning more towards the three month offer now instead of the two month, but we even do, we either do an eight week or a three month offer. So we only work with clients for either eight weeks or three months. And we start at either for between $1,200 and $3,000 to do that. Now, the reason why we have that range is because everybody has different money stories, comes from different parts of the country. $1,200 for eight weeks of coaching um, can really freak people out. I've had lots of people start at $800. I, don't, I think that's a little bit too low. But you, you gather what I mean. So you pick a number to say to the first client that you propose to. And if you get a no, then your brain says it was, it's because it was too much money, which is usually not the case. It's because you're not that experienced at selling yet, and you're not that experienced at overcoming rejections. So picking an offer that stretches you a little bit, but also feels fair, and, and stick with it for three months, six months. Don't keep changing it. Your brain will be much more confident if you can declare who you help and how much it costs to work with you and what your program is and stop changing it. Every time you change it, it creates a little bit of confusion. Confusion creates um, less confidence. Clarity creates confidence. So um, getting super clear, sticking with it is a really, really great way to start. And this also brings up another concept that I heard in a podcast by uh, Ed Milet and Rory Vaden, I highly recommend checking it out. And they talked about Sheehan's wall. And in Sheehan's wall, it refers to an invisible wall that kind of separates the unknown entrepreneurs from the well-established thought leaders. So when you first start a business, you are, you're in complete obscurity. Nobody knows that you're a nurse coach. Nobody knows that you're a coach. Nobody sees you that way. Nobody interacts with you that way. That's where you start. And eventually you get to some kind of notoriety where if someone in your community has a thyroid problem, going back to the thyroid niche, they go, oh my gosh, Laura Menard can help you because you've established yourself. You've established yourself as an expert and a thought leader in that field. New entrepreneurs often try to break through the wall by throwing everything and anything they have at it, constantly launching new programs, new services, new branding, new, new things. And what this happens is it causes you to be kind of diluted that also causes your brain to think that um, you don't know what you're doing, that you haven't claimed wh what problem you solve. It's okay for it to be a hypothesis. And it's okay if you coach a lot of people who aren't in your niche. It's not okay to continually keep changing your niche without testing it and trying it on real clients. 
the question is if you do, let's say you do sit-ups three times a week for a month, are you going to have abs? Probably not. Just not enough repetitions. Same thing with staying with some sort of a hypothesis of a niche and staying with some an exact offer that you're comfortable with. And if you are making that offer three times a week for a month, perhaps you're not sold and everybody's not sold around you that that's your, that you're an expert. But if you keep doing the same exercise for six months without constantly changing, you're going to have way better results because you're going to be focused on something. All right, let's move on to the next one. Oh, this one, this is a, this is super common. It, one of the main ways new nurse coaches sabotage themselves is they keep getting more certifications. I always hear this. They, they finish, sir. I'm not going to launch my business yet because I think I'm going to do a functional medicine course because that's going to add to my practice and what I can offer. Or I'm going to go get energy healing certified because then I can offer that in my practice. Or I'm going to do this herb, herbalist class or this um, essential oils class or this nutrition class or this whatever class um, so that I can add it to my practice. But my first thought is what practice? What practice are you adding it to? There is nothing wrong with once your practice is established, once you're actually serving humans on a regular basis, to make a calculated decision to divert some of your resources and time to more skills that will make you feel like you can help more people in different ways. But what it most of the time is, is it's you don't feel good enough and your brain says, once I get this cert, then I'll feel good enough. I'll know I'll have enough information to then be a scared beginner in, in opening a practice. Um, if you're if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh Laura, you just called me out, I just signed up for my whatever. Uh, it's all good. Just be aware of it. Just be aware of it. Um, I think that it's really interesting that how the brain wants to keep gathering more information and more certifications because you think that suddenly you're going to arrive at a point where you feel com- comfortable looking a stranger in the eye and uh, inviting them into a coaching conversation. And it's just not true. It doesn't matter how many certs you have. We have PhD nurses. We have nurse practitioners. We have nurses with 25 years experience. We have nurses with two years experience. Guys, it's all an even playing field, truly. None of that shit matters. You're still a beginner entrepreneur. It's still going to be scary. It's scary for everybody. And don't feel like there's some magic pill that you can take to make that discomfort go away. The only way to crush this fear is through it and by doing it over and over again. So I'm all for assert to make you a better coach, but don't keep doing it before you start your practice. Start your practice first. Have paying clients. Then you can start diverting some of your time and energy and resources if that's the right thing for you to do. Another way we sabotage ourselves is comparing ourselves to others. Oh, comparing yourself to other nurse coaches. We recently just asked all of the nurse coach, all of our clients, I think we have 140 clients, to snooze each other on social media for 30 days because it's not good for everything that you see is a hundred other people doing exactly what you're doing because their ideas, someone's going to have a better idea. Someone's going to have a better post. Someone's going to have a better picture. Someone's going to have a better video. Someone's going to be doing a podcast. Someone's going to be on YouTube. Someone's going to have a fancy website. 
someone's going to have a blog, and your brain's going to say, oh, why would anyone hire me when they could hire so-and-so because so-and-so has this beautiful blog or so-and-so has this website? And it's so funny because we coach uh, so many different nurse coaches at different levels, and I'll hear the comparisons like, oh, I can't do this because so-and-so does this. And they just assume so-and-so's doing this successfully, but I'm coaching both of them. And it's like, no, so-and-so is posting about that, but so-and-so isn't doing that yet. So your brain just told you you can't do something that somebody else is doing that hasn't even done it yet. Comparing ourselves to others is uh, a really insidious path to discomfort, and we just don't need to do it. And you'll notice when you're in a really good space and, and you see somebody else doing what you're doing, nailing it, it'll affect you differently because you'll be like, wow, that is... That's amazing. Good for them. Like, what could I learn from them? Success leaves clues. As opposed to, man, they're nailing it. That's it. There's no room for me. I can't do it. So we actually have an agreement in our groups that uh, one of the agreements is not to compare yourself to the other people in the group. Easier said than done, I know. But just worth mentioning. Mm, this one, I, I will share my personal story about this. I've shared it a thousand times. I hope that me resharing my stories doesn't get annoying, but I guess it's that important. Putting time limits on how fast we need to earn money while starting our business. So many brands and flavors of this bullshit that plagues our clients and so many young entrepreneurs is that we we know that businesses take a year, two years, three years to get going because we're told this over and over again in different industries. But we decide when we're at the top of Mount Stupid and the Dunning-Kruger effect that we're going to be different and I'm going to replace my $100,000 income in six months. And I'm going to tell everybody that too and my family just to add more pressure. And then when that six months begins to creep up and I haven't hit what I said I was going to hit, which by the way is completely out of our control. We have no control over people paying us. We have control over lots of things in our business, but unfortunately, we can't reach into people's wallets and run their credit cards in our business. So what happens is as those time limits start to get closer, there becomes a, a pressure that we feel and, and nurse coaches under pressure just carry more weight and move slower. And, and, it, and it's just harder to move the needle forward. Think of limits on how, how fast you need to make money, like wearing a weight vest in a yoga class. Any of those kinds of expectations, especially expectations on things we have no control over, they will weigh you down. They will make it harder. They'll make you more uncomfortable. Now, an intention is beautiful. Let's turn this around. So instead of saying, uh, I'm going to quit my job by May. I'm going to make enough money to replace my monthly income. I'm quitting my job by May. That's great, but you don't have control over that. There's nothing that you can do. That's, it's not completely within your power. What is within your power? This would be another way to reframe it. I intend to quit my job in May, and I would like to replace, I'd like to be making $6,000 a month by May so that I can quit my job. I'm. That's my intention. I'm putting it out there to God, to the universe, to... to to myself, to my coaching group. But what I'm committed to is taking these actions to do that. And as your coach, we're going to tell you what those actions are. 
committing yourself to the pursuit of it, not the result of it, because the result we just don't have control over. I wish that we did. It'd be a lot easier. <laughs> so try not to put time limits on how fast you need to earn. Create an, a strong intention. I love strong intentions. Why not? And then put more strict pressure on yourself to take the action steps that will best set you up best for success for that to be a reality. Because we have control over how many people we invite into a coaching conversation. It's a, it's a really simple ask, but people can't overcomplicate it. But honestly, if somebody called me on my phone right now and said, Laura, if you invite 100 people into a coaching conversation before 5 a.m. tomorrow morning, I'll give you $100,000. I could do that. I could literally just go downtown. I think it's a it's Saturday night here. Yeah, it's Saturday night here on the East Coast. I'm recording on a Saturday night. I would just go downtown, stand around, make eye contact, ask people questions and invite them into coaching conversations. I could do that. I could do that before 5 a.m. tomorrow. I could do it when the bars got out. There's all, I could go inside places and just tap people and start talking to them. That is something I can do. That's, that's completely within my realm of possibility to do. That is something that you can put more strict pressure on. But I can't say, Laura, before 5 a.m. tomorrow, invite people into coaching conversations and have $100,000 worth of people sign up for coaching. I don't have control over that. I have no control over that part of it, but I have control over the first part of it. So that is the antidote to that. And uh, change your, your expectations and limits and, and those hard goals into strong intentions with the more hard goals around the actions to get there. Okay, last way nurse coaches sabotage themselves. I just had this in my inbox this week. They've decided the best course of action is to try to start their business on their own and save up for a business coach. Now, I, I get to call this one out as the top one because I did it. And what me postponing hiring a business coach did was it had a, a steep opportunity cost. There's so many people that I talked to in my early days that I would have con converted and created clients with had I known how to do it. It is the, in this business, in this particular business, because most of us don't have brick and mortars, It's so we have such a low bar of entry to start this business, guys. When we really think about... um what, how much money we need to start this business. It started with your cert, your investment in your cert. Maybe taking, you don't need to take your nurse coach um, certification test to start a business, but that's another uh, investment. Maybe you're going to have uh, a website, Google Gmail, Google, uh, Google Business Suite. Maybe you're going to use Practice Better. Maybe you need Zoom. Maybe you, you spend a little bit of money on some business cards or flyers. Those are totally optional. And then your major, major, major investment will be your first business coach. And that is the best investment that you're going to make. That's the biggest and the best. So we have a super low investment level that we need to get this business off the ground and started. And the most important money you're going to spend after CERT, CERT's basically teaching you how to do the service that you sell, 
then someone's going to teach you how to sell the service that you just learned. You know, my first business coach said, there are amazing coaches all over the world that don't have a practice because they never learned how to sell coaching. And there are mediocre coaches all over the country, all over the world who are making millions because they're experts at learning how to sell coaching. And this would be true with any industry. And I think what I would prefer is that we all strive to be the best coach that we can be through mentorship, through working with someone um, who's done this for a while, who's done nurse coaching for a while, but also someone that can teach us how to sell, how to talk about what it is that we do, how to overcome objections, sales psychology, marketing skills. These are all things we were not born with. And um, there's an opportunity cost to trying to do it on your own because you're going to spend money on stupid stuff. I'll tell you a story about Shelby and I, and then I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. When Shelby and I first started, there was this, oh gosh, it was a, a service. I've seen some floating around the community, but it was called bark.com. And people would I think they ran like really general ads on probably Google and social media. And then people would say, yeah, I'm looking for a life coach. And then they would match uh, or a nurse coach. Not They wouldn't say nurse coach, sorry, health coach or life coach. And then they would match these leads with you and they'd sell you the lead. And so instead of going out and creating clients and learning how to create clients and doing all the right things, um, I would pay for leads and a lot of times the leads wouldn't answer, which you still paid for them. A lot of time the leads wouldn't show up for the first call. And then the leads that did show up to the calls were not great fits. I think I signed probably two, spent $1,000 on leads and a lot of time, hours and hours and hours. I probably spent $1,000 paying for leads and made $2,000 coaching clients uh, and, and spent 80 to 90 hours in that process. Where had I spent invested in my business coach earlier, I would have been told immediately that that was a really bad decision. It wasn't the right thing to do. And that I'm postponing learning how to connect as an introvert. The uh, We've talked about this on other podcasts, but um, you need both, right? You need to be really good at what you do. So you have to, you have to be good at, at providing the service of, of being a nurse coach. And you need to be really, really good at being a business owner and learning how to create a business plan and how to um, talk to people about coaching, how to invite people into coaching conversations, how to navigate resistance and expect resistance, how to manage your mind, how to manage your mindset, um, how to change your, your relationship with money. These are all things that, that are necessary to have a sustainable, long-lasting, successful coaching business. All right, so I'm going to wrap it all back up and tell you what those top 10 ways that nurse coaches sabotage themselves are. One was having having been an expert so long as a nurse that they can't embrace being a beginner as a coach and an entrepreneur. Sharing their fears with the wrong people when starting a business. Fear of not being a good enough coach. Creating the thought that I don't fit in, I am different working more at your day job to avoid working on your business. 
You keep changing niches, platforms, offers, claiming that they don't work. Feel like you don't have enough information, so you keep getting certifications. Maybe you are scrolling, constantly comparing yourself to others. You put time limits on how fast you need to earn money when you first start your business. And you try to do it yourself to, in order to save up enough money to hire a business coach. Ah, all right. Those 10 things, don't do them or be aware of them. And we're going to save you lots of money, lots of time, lots of heartache, and hopefully propel you into creating the practice and life of your dreams. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with me today. See you next week. 